All right, let's get started. We are on Ham and Aleph in the middle of the Amud, and we're talking about the what happened at Matan Torah. That by sorry, with the sin of the golden calf. What did the Jews lose with the sin of the golden calf? So today we're going to try to move uh, reasonably quickly through the Gemara, and um, possibly uh, by the end of, by the end of the year we'll get to the end of the Agarat Gemara, and then move on to the Carbonos of non-Jews starting next week. Okay, so the Gemara says as follows. We are in the middle of the Amud. Um, if you want an exact location, yeah, we are... One second, one moment. Um, okay, so we're talking about what it means that we have to that we have, to have Hakar Satov to the people who served Egel, because if not for them, we would not be in this world. So we've already established that people would still have to be born. Everything would still have to happen. So we are, if you want to count lines, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, we are we are ten lines from the top of the wide lines. So the wide lines on the bottom, ten lines on the top of the wide lines. How does it start? The the, the line starts with the word vinishamos. I got it. Vinishamos. Okay. So that's easy. Okay. So lo So what is the Gemara talking about? What does it mean that it would be as if we did not come to the world? It doesn't mean that we would not, it doesn't mean that actually nobody would be born. What it means is that it would be as if we didn't come to the world. To say, that if they had not done the Cheta Ego, we would not have died. The Hoxiv. Yeah, people would live forever. And therefore, Rashi says what that means is that we would no longer matter, right? How could I matter when there's a Moshe Rabbeinu walking around? And there's, you know, Rebbe Kivager walking around. So we have to think that we're able to have attention, pretty much, or we're able to matter um, because of the fact that death came to the world, which by itself is a very interesting concept, right? What is this, what is this Hakar Satov that we have to have um, for us mattering? Like, well, well, what does that mean? So, so the idea is, is that I think it's an interesting point, is that there is there is place for being able to value your own impact in the world, and the idea is, is that if, if nobody would die, it would be harder and harder to feel like you have measurable impact. Okay, so the Gemara says, okay, so 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 do you mean to say that you wouldn't die? V'haksiv it says in the Torah, Parshas Yevamos to Parshas Nachlas. But the Torah itself addresses death, right? The Torah talks about the parsha of Yevamos. What happens if somebody dies without children, right? Their wife is supposed to marry his brother. But the whole parsha only makes sense in the event of death. Oh, wait, wait, not brother's supposed to marry the wife. The brother's supposed to marry the wife. Yeah, not the wife. She doesn't have a choice. Right, she doesn't have a choice. I'm sorry. I was putting a feminist spin on it, but you're correct. Yes. Yeah, but he has a choice, the, the mindset there, as I understood, is that she wants the brother to marry. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I you know, to the, establish I, his right, but she, he's allowed to marry her against her will, but she usually wants. The, but the point is, is that it, the parsha of Yevamos involves death, right? So too, the Gemara says the parsha of Nachalos, right? There's a whole section of the Torah that talks about the laws of inheritance. So the laws of inheritance don't make sense in the world where nobody dies. So the Gemara says that. 
So it's 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 so these these parshos are written al tanai on the condition, meaning if the Jews sin, if the Jews sin, they death will come, death death will come, and these parshos will be relevant. If they don't sin, then these parshos will will, will be purely theoretical. So Gemara says, sorry. So umiksev kray al tanai. Is the Torah really only going to write sections of the Torah that are only relevant uh, conditionally? In, yes. We have a statement from Rish Lakish. Hashem made a condition of Tanai with my sabrations. The Amar, and he says, in Mechabah Mishra'al Satayra Mutav, that if the, if the Jews are Mechabah the Torah good, Ve'im lav achser ascham the Torah vavo, and if not, I will return you to nothingness. So this is a very difficult answer of the Gemara, right? Because the Gemara is asking is that if indeed the Jews would have not served the Egel, it means that all of these parshios would have been, would have been irrelevant, right? So the Gemara's answer is that, well, they were created on the condition, right? They were created on the condition that the Jews, you know, sin, basically. That in case they sin, we have these parshas. And that's a very difficult thing, because wait until they sin and then give the parshas. Much of the Torah was actually given in Arvos Moab, was given later. So it meant that they were created in Shemayim. They were, what does it mean? And the second question is, okay, what's the answer? The answer, right, we're bringing the proof from the fact that Hashem says that if not, for, if the Jews don't, don't accept the Torah, the world will be destroyed. But if the world, but yes, that's the whole point. The point is, we create a Torah with no Tanai. But if there is no world, there is, right, the, the Torah is immortal. It could exist whether or not there is a world. If, there's, if we don't accept the Torah, there's no point to the world, and the world disappears. It's not the same thing as saying, I'm creating partials in the Torah that in the ideal have no application. Right? What we're saying is, in the first case, is that the partial of Nachos and Yavamos were created in a way that in the ideal, they have no application. So, it's a very different... So, right, what's, right, is it clear, the question? The question is not clear, but the the answer is clear, clear clearer. Apparently, these, you know, like the Senate of the Maraglim, you know, they're always asking the question, how can these clash of a mention, yeah, you know, come back and say what they said? Lush and heart, yeah, yeah, and the punishment was like a real, you know, mm -hmm. but but on the other hand, you know. And we always say, well, if we were there, if we had been there, that never would have happened because, you know. Right. But these guys, you know, one of the explanations I heard, these guys were worried about their jobs. Okay. They were worried they were going to lose their importance. Right. Okay. So how does that, how does no, that. No, but I mean, when we read it now in 2023, it's there to teach us some, some kind of a lesson. Right. No, but we're saying. It, it had to be there. So for us, it had to be there. But by what the Gemara's question is, is that why was it given at Harsinai if, if, if it would have no application, right? So that, that's the question of the Gemara. The question, and the Gemara, is, the Gemara is saying is that there's a notion 
of giving it al tanai, right? So it's a very difficult point, right? What does it mean that the Torah was given conditionally, that there were parshas in the Torah that it could that only had application, and they were only given in the event of sin, as opposed to a lot of things like that though in the Torah, you know, like the Sefer of right? Was buried someplace. Correct. Had that safer if we been found, maybe we'd also live. Correct. Well, long enough. Right. So I mean, there, are, there are a lot of things like that. Meaning that thing that what the distortion of of given on on uh, on a condition. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing. So I to me what so I saw so Salman Farsham explained that what is the condition that we're talking about over here? What does it mean? That they were given conditionally is that, and we're going to see this a lot. That the Ramban, in the introduction to the Torah, the Ramban explains that the Torah, as we have it, right? Our Torah is structured in a very specific way. It's a story with laws, right? So, if there did not exist a person named Avram, would our Torah not exist? So the Ramban writes that no, right? The Torah, in its essence, is eternal and exists forever. And has nothing to do with, it's not bound to the stories and the events and the mitzvahs and the applications and everything we have in it. The form of the Torah was shaped by those who accepted how they could access the essence through it. So therefore, for us to be able to access the essence of the Torah, we need to use its form. There's a Gemara in Shabbos, where the Gemara in Shabbos, I believe, I, I believe it's in Shabbos. I'll come to you But the Gemara talks about there's a conversation between Moshe and the angels. When Moshe comes up to heaven to go to go take the Torah, the angels want to destroy him. So Moshe so so Moshe says, you know, why do I want to say said, listen, the Torah, the Torah was with us for thousands of years. We don't want to give it to you. So Hashem tells Moshe, hold on to the throne and answer them. So Moshe responds, he says, listen, guys, the Torah has no application to you. You don't have parents. You can't do keep it of aim. You don't eat food. You can't make, right, you can't take trumas and maestros. Almost all the mitzvahs in the, in the Torah have no application to, to an angel. Angels. Right? So it's a very difficult gemara because, yes, it's a beautiful answer, but what were the angels thinking? So the answer is based on this. The angels understood that the essence of the Torah and the form of the Torah are different. And they felt that yes, these mitzvot, all these things, they existed in the Torah, but it was just an entry point. It was just a way for how a human being could access it. But they had a different way. They had an angelic way of accessing and gaining from the essence of the Torah. And when Moshe was responding to them, that the episode of Matan Torah, the 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 Nesina Satora, Le Bnei Adam, made that the form was no longer an entry point. It was the central mahos of the Torah. It was the it was the essential. There was no other way. There is no other way to access the essence of the Torah than by the form, than through this form. So therefore, this form had to exist. It's real and it exists. And this is the only way to access it. So what the question of the Gemara is, the Gemara is asking is that if they would never have died, what could they have possibly gained? How could they have accessed whatever whatever they were supposed to have gotten from the mitzvah? 
From what? No, had they not served the Egel, it says that nobody would have died. Okay. So had nobody died, then the mitzvahs of Nachalos, of Yerusha, and Yavamis would have been irrelevant. But there was only a limited number of people who served the Egel. Yet the sin was considered was held against all the Jews, either because they didn't protest or for or for other reasons. But the idea is is that had they not so 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 the question the question of the Gemara is is that in the ideal when the Torah was given it was given in a way that parts of it can never be accessed. What do you mean, chukim like shatnis? No, parts of it meaning like all the parts that that are relate to death. Oh. So what the Gemara is answering Al-Tanai, the Gemara is saying is, is that when the Torah was given, the world was created. The world was created on condition. If the Jews accept the Torah, then the entire world had purpose. All those first 2,000 years weren't just a moment of stasis, a moment of kind of not moving until, you know, came time for Matan Torah, and then all of a sudden the, to- the whole world had value. No. The Torah had va- the world had value and purpose, and everybody who lived until then, until Matan Torah. And when the Jews accept the Torah, everything they've done, all of it had value. But had the Jews not accepted the Torah, then retroactively everything would have been useless. There would have been no point for anything. So what the Gemara is saying is, is that it is the value, the mitzvah of Nachla and Yevamos were given that in the event, had there not been sin, then these would have been purely theoretical topics that we would have gotten and accessed them purely through the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, of Limud Torah, by learning those topics. Yeah, but a lot of, there are things, there are things that the Gemara discusses, which, you know, they might, they might be applicable to any time period, but, but some of the things which happened, which they describe, I don't think would happen today. I mean, okay. like, you know, this whole thing with sending a shliach after the shliach for the, for the get and things oh, like that. Oh, that definitely could happen today, by the it way. It could happen, but it wouldn't be like, oh, you know, we got a 20-day, you know, this is not... Well, yeah, the, the, you know the, I mean? the, the, the certain, certain circumstances are different. Before but, your time, before your but, time. But the idea is, but, 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 right, but the idea is still there, right? Is that there's two ways to access the essence of Torah, and the ideal... All of Torah should be theoretical, and not all of Torah. These parts of the Torah should be theoretical, and we access them through Talmud Torah. Sadly, through sin, we need two levels. We need both Lilmot and Lasos. And we need these two levels to be able to access them. We need a greater connection. We have to actually experience them in the real world. But, but, but that was condition. But the fact that these partials had value, that had no condition. Okay? So the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara, the Holy Gemara continues. The Gemara says that Meisfei. The Gemara Kasha. Mi yehavihay levavam zelahem levatel. So, so it says. Right? Hashem says, you know, uh, if only had your hearts. And this is this is going on in Chumash Dvarim. Moshe tells the Jews that Hashem is saying it would have been great if your hearts could have held on to the year Shemayim, the fear of God. That was necessary. So the Gemara says, So obviously, because so, the, the full text of the Pasuk is, if, if only they were able to hold on to the, to the year Shemayim and not serve the Ego, 
So I could do good for them. So the Gemara is trying to understand what is this good Hashem would have done had we been able to retain our Yerushalayim. So why did they punish Aaron only? Why what? Why did they punish Aaron only? Aaron was the one who uh, instigated it. Because nobody else protested. Should have punished him. Aaron, Aaron was punished in a sense, yeah. He calls the Torah, the Torah, the, the Torah calls it Esaegel Asher, Asher Asa Aaron. And Aaron is criticized for, for, for making the Egel. So there are some things that Aaron was trying to stop them and whatever, but but that's a discussion for them. But but yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So the, Gemara, so, so the Gemara continues, the Gemara wants to know what is this good that Hashem would have given us had we kept all the mitzvahs and not served the Ega. So the Gemara, so, so the Brisa says, could it mean that Hashem would have gotten rid of the Malach HaMavas? That's impossible. Why? Hashem already decreed from the time of Adam that human beings have to die. Right? So we see from this Brisa that there would have never have been a possibility of death being taken away from the world. Once it was decreed at the time of Adam, it's, it, it should have stayed forever. So the Gemara is saying, no, that by accepting the Torah, the Jews would have been dominant and no nation could have afflicted them. So the Gemara says, no. Rishlakish who says, and those opinions that say that the Jews would have lived forever, indeed, they don't fit with this Brisa. This Brisa says the decree of death can never be annulled. However, there's another Brisa in the name of Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says, Lo kiblu That the Jews only accepted the Torah in order to be free from death. Right? That so so the Pasuk says that I said that I am your God, and you are Bnei Elyon, which is almost a reference to your higher people. Could be a reference to a certain angelic quality. You have injured, you've hurt yourself through your actions. Therefore you shall die like a person. The implication is that through their sin, through serving the Egel, they brought death upon themselves. But he also said that you know, because of Adam's sin. So that was, a, that, that was a different source. So we're saying that there's actually a debate. One, one opinion, one Brysa believes that the decree of death once given can never be annulled. The other, the other Brysa disagrees and says that through the acceptance of the Torah, the Jews had returned themselves to the level of Adam before the sin, and therefore they were able to, to actually live eternally. And there is a reasonable explanation for this because we know that Adam was exiled from the Garden of Eden after eating from the Eitz Hadas because there was a concern that he would eat from the Tree of Life, from the Eitz Achayim. And the Torah, we know, is called the Eitz Achayim as well. So therefore, it's possible that the giving of the Torah could have been a proverbial eating from the Eitz Achayim, from the Tree of Life, that would have given them immortality. However, the other writer says no, that pure immortality was only able to exist 
before man tasted sin. But he did well, achieve something by eating the Itzadahs. Uh, he achieved a certain level of Bechira, as we said last time, right? Exactly. And he was able to achieve something, but he could have also achieved it by choosing not to. And then he would have had it all. But again, we are we are the victims of our choices. Okay. So the Gemara says, Vaiter, the Gemara says, um, um, so the Gemara says, sorry, Rabbi Yossi Nami Yaksiv, um, so the Gemara says, Rabbi Yossi Nami Yaksiv, Laman Yitav Lachem, I will do good for you, implying good, but not eternal life. I would have given them something good, but there still would have been death. No, the word tova, good, could also apply to immortality, and there's no better good. Living forever is the highest level of good. Can you imagine okay. everybody lived forever? I know, we would never get rid of people who annoy us. It would have been a very... I, I, Are I you don't, trying to tell me something? No, God forbid, you should live forever. Um, no, but what I, I, mean, I don't know if I want to. I mean, people c- complain today about overcrowding. Can you imagine? Right, so there would have been, there would have been you know, listen... Hashem would have taken care of it, maybe would have solved inter, inter, intergalactic travel at this point. We would have spread out, we would have a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. We're going to Venus this year, by the way. Amir Hashem is back. Or Mars. Let's forget, let's forget the Mars, okay? We, we've been talking about that for a while. Uh, and then we have to figure out how we do Shabbos on Mars. And once we've solved that problem, we can go to Venus. So the Gemara says like this. So, how could the opinion say that there would be death if the implication is that death was only there because of sin? So the Gemara, so the Tanakhama answers, Adochak ma misa anios. At the death that they're referring to is poverty. The Yomar Mar, it's taught, Arba chashuvim kemeisim. There are four people who, even though they're alive, are considered dead. Eluheim, ani, a poor person, asuma, a blind person, mitzora, one who is afflicted with saras. And one umishenu banim, one who was childless. Now the Gemara is going to bring sources to each one. Ani dechsev ki mesu kohanashem uman ninhu dasam vaavirim that the men died. Which men died? That that would allow Moshe to go back to Egypt. So the Gemara says this was dasam vaavirim, but we know that these Bash brothers reoccur later in the Torah. Umi mesu mehave havu eloshayardum nechaseim. They became poor and therefore powerless. Suma, four things. Four, for our four states, the person can be in where he's yeah, seen as dead. They're all feminine. Yeah. Why? Because she can't have babies. No, so even even if a man doesn't have children, it's as if he's dead. A person who ha- who doesn't have children has no has no immortality, right? There's there's nothing left from him. A person who's poor, a man man can be poor. Um, a person who has saras. Who has, a, who has lepers, who has the afflictions around, could be male and female, and the person who is. Okay, so it could be. It's, it's, it's unisex. Anybody could be done. Um, now, the, so, so, so does, let's finish the thing. A blind person. Wait a this is all because of a sin. Okay, right? so I want to finish the Gemara. I want, let, let's circle back to this. Okay. Is that one second? I sat in the dark like, the de- like, like those who have died. Without children, this is if I'm dead. Marshall over here has an obvious question. He says, why are we only choosing poverty? We said that, that what, what it means that through the sin of the golden calf, they got death. 
It's referring to poverty. But in fact, there are four options. So why poverty specifically? So Masha explains, because what Adam, after he ate from the from the, from the Eitzadas, he says, The curse of poverty, of working really hard and having no money, right, was given to Adam, right? That Adam was given this curse. So Adam, in fact, was given the curse of poverty as a consequence of the original sin, of the Eitzadas. So therefore, when the Jews serve the Egel, which is in some sense a reenactment of the, of the sin of Adam, right? Because again, Adam sins, he brings death. They sin, they bring a form of death. What form of death? One that was similar to what Adam was punished with, which was poverty. Now, the Gemara continues, the Gemara says as follows. Tan Rabbana, im lechu, im ein im so the Gemara now continues and says, it says in if you follow in my ways, the word im is a is is a language of supplication. That Hashem is imploring us to be able to that we that we observe and study the Torah, and through this will be able to give us all the good. You said that we lost immortality. The Gemara wants to say we yeah. lost immortality because of Chet uh, Egel. Okay, so that's a very good question. That's a question that really applies to Adam as well. Adam, in fact, does Truva, right? He's one of the first people who ever, who ever does Truva. Yet, Adam, Adam does not go back to his previous level. In fact, God, after the sin of, according to the, to the famous uh, Medrash, right, that after the sin of Adam eating from the Eitz Hadas, Hashem leaves this world and retreats, right, across all seven heavens, and then the Divine Presence only comes back into this world with the building of the Mishkan. So, the, we, we have this idea that once you sin, right, there's, there, there, there's always a mulligan, right? You can always... Do, do tshuva and you're back to your original state. There is, it, in fact, it's not always the case. There are cases where you can do tshuva, but once a person has tasted chet, once sin was brought into this world, it was there. It was always there. The pesachatas rovates. The the sin's presence is here, and therefore, so the Jews were given an opportunity when they accepted the Torah. They. They had all the tools that they needed to banish sin. But when they served the golden calf, they showed that despite the fact that they had the Torah, they were still capable of sin. So that's something which repentance will not have helped them with. They served the king. They got the Torah. Yeah. And they served the gate of the eagle. Which came first? The eagle came first. So they got the Torah in Sivan, right? Um, in the seventh or either sixth of Sivan, right? And then they served the golden calf 40 days later, right? On, on actually on Shabbos or Betamus. And then they got the second Luchos after they were forgiven. That they got on, uh, on Yom Kippur the following year. But the first Torah, the Torah was given to them before they served the golden calf, which was the catastrophic sin of the Ega that they were given to it. They were given the Torah and only 40 days later they go and serve the golden calf. So, 
Fine. So the Gemara says that in Hashem is ain't that lashon tachanunim. Hashem is wants us to serve the Torah. So Rashi in Bichukosei, when Rashi explains what does it mean Bichukosei Teilechu Shetehei Amelim Batorah, that you should be not only studying Torah but you should be Amel, you should be working really hard to understand the Torah. And and the question is, right? Why 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 does Hashem have to have to beg us for this, as opposed to everything else? Why specifically Amelus Batorah? The reason is is because every other aspect of Avodas Hashem, Hashem has the option to make it easy for us or hard for us. If He gives us a lot of money, tzedakah becomes reasonably easy, right? If He gives us, you know, a lot of you know peace and goodness and everything, Hashem can make almost every aspect of Avodas Hashem easy. On Megas Patorah, it's impossible for God to do. Because the very essence of Amelas Patora is you pushing yourself. Not just that, it's you pushing yourself. Meaning, if you don't have a headache after your learning, or you don't think deeply or try to work hard or really apply yourself, then you have not achieved Amelas Patora. So God can give you brilliance. God can give you wealth. God can give you a supportive wife, healthy children. God can give you an easy job, all the circumstances you need, but the sitting down by a gemara, or sitting down by a safer, and learning till it hurts, right? But I make that very easy for us here. Uh, learning, learning till it hurts. But um, if you, if you, uh, but if you don't learn till it hurts, you don't work really hard and, and put in the effort. God can't do that for you. There's nothing God can do that. So therefore, God specifically has to has to ask for that. Um, okay. So the, the other interesting question they say over there, by the way, is that why is that the prerequisite to get all the good and all the mitzvahs? Why specifically Amelas Patar? The reason is, is because keeping the Torah when it's habit or when it's easy or everything, that's kind of not hard. But to be able to stick with it and appreciate it, you have to make an effort. And Amelas Patar, when someone is ready to work hard on the study of Torah, it shows he values the entire enterprise. And that's what allows him to be able to be uh, successful in its observance. Fine. So the Gemara continues. The Gemara says, um, That if only you had, you had your Shemayim. This is a very complicated Gemara. Very difficult Gemara. Maisha told the Jews, You are... Ingrates, the children of ingrates. At the moment that Hashem told the Jewish people, "Oh, if only, if only, you know, you you had." Right? Hashem says, "If only someone would have given you, the Jews should have asked God, you give us your Shemayim." Now this contradicts a very famous Gemara in Brachos, right? The Gemara in Bracho says that Akal Bidei Shemayim Chutzmi Yerushemayim, right? Everything is in the hand of heaven to give except for the fear of heaven. However, the Marsha asked this question. The Marsha says, how could the Jews have been told, oh, they should have asked God for for, for Yerushemayim if Yerushemayim is not in the hands of God to give? So the Marsha points out, he says, there's lots of other Gemaras 
that seem to contradict the Gemara in Brachos. There's a Gemara in Makos that says, right, that in the way which a person wants to go, heaven assists him. person wants to do the right thing, God helps him do it. Gemara in Yuma says, A person who seeks to purify himself, heaven helps him. So, what, so then how do we resolve the Gemara in Brachos? Is that what matters? Hakobi de Shemayim, Chutzmiyur Shemayim, doesn't mean that you're on your own to develop fear of heaven or to develop a relationship with God. But it's up to you to want it. You have to desire it and try to acquire it. And then if you ask, God will help you. If God sees that this is what... Everything goes after your will. There's a fascinating discussion by Yom Kippur. There's a machlokas by Yom Kippur if itzumo shayom mechaper or ain't itzumo shayom mechaper. Does the very essence of the day of Yom Kippur, does it, is it, is it mechaper, does it atone? Or no, it's not mechaper, it does not atone, and it requires tshuva. However, it says in the Mishnah in Yuma, and the Rambam brings this to Allah and tshuva, the Rambam says, that there's a, it's much easier to get repentance on Yom Kippur because the Makkum where you have Tshuva Yom Kippur. There are certain Averos that regular Tshuva doesn't work, but Tshuva Yom Kippur Mechapar. Tshuva and Yom Kippur. However, if we don't follow the opinion that it's Sumo Shayom Mechapar, at the essence of the day forgives, what benefit, what does Yom Kippur add? So the Bali Musar explained that the, that the type of tshuva that you do on Yom Kippur is different than the tshuva you do the whole year. If you remember in last, right, or maybe it was two weeks ago, we brought from the Ar Sameach, right, from the Meshachachma, I'm sorry, same person, different book, um, that he writes that the real tshuva requires what he calls tshuva hanishka, right? A tshuva where you are put in the same circumstances, you undergo the same level of temptation and you're able to withstand it. The Rambam brings that exactly as true, right? And the idea is that is tshuva. With Yom Kippur, you don't need that. You just need to want it. You need to be in a moment where you want to do the right thing. You want to be that guy. And on Yom Kippur, wanting it is enough. So what the Gemara is saying over here is with, is with your Shemayim, is a very similar concept. If you have an ambition to become a Yerushalayim and you want it, that's enough. So the Jews were called a Kafet that they didn't ask God for this. So Rashi over here says a very interesting thing. Rashi says, Kfuye Taiva, right? Ain the bottom Rashi, Makirin They weren't able to appreciate the good Hashem gave them. Taisus over here says a different explanation. Kfuye Taiva. Meaning, Taisva says, why didn't they ask for your Shemayim? Because they didn't want to owe it to God. They wanted to be able to say, this was all us, we did it. They didn't want to owe God for the year Shemayim. Rashi understands, said no. So you shouldn't ask for Siyat at the Shemayim because... They want, oh, I want to do it myself. And I want to get to this in one second. Kifuye Taiva, it says, Rashi has a different explanation. It says, They they didn't understand that they could have asked 
that they could have been able to to kind of get this. They weren't aiding with the right the way the Mafarshab explained Rashi, they didn't understand this was possible. So you see two very different attitudes in Rashi and Tyson. What was impossible? That they could have asked for this. They could have asked for your Shalayim. Yeah. They weren't they, they didn't they weren't they didn't understand their relationship with God. That this they ate in Makir. They didn't they, they they didn't realize that they could have asked for something. Lahakzik type of the Bible that they could have asked and then been grateful. So the the Mefarshim explained that I think there's a there's a morale that says this a very interesting difference between Rashi and Taisus, and both are true. There are people who are overconfident in their Yerushalayim, right? You know, the the, the the best one is I have self-control, right? Ain't nobody got self-control, right? Ask anybody, you know, right? I think the Me Too movement show even though our room is a topic, but what I'm saying. Very few people, except for him, have self-control, right? There's a lot of research done on this, a lot of interesting No one has self-control. It's a myth. And you definitely don't have as much self-control as you would like to flatter yourself that you have. And you don't have the intelligence that you would like to flatter yourself that you have. And you don't have the knowledge. You know, my favorite are the people who call themselves, you know, why they don't believe in certain parts of the Torah or whatever, because they're rationalists. I have yet to meet a self-proclaimed rationalist who is not both um, intellectually, let me put it more in a more in a more polite way, suffers from narrow mindedness and a lack of imagination. Every single rationalist, starting from Aristotle, has been proven completely wrong about every single theory that they that they advanced. Right? The reason is is because when you are only thinking about what you know. You're constrained by by what you know, and therefore, if you put a lot of faith in your logic, good luck with that. So the overconfidence in Abodas Hashem, in not realizing that we're all fallible and we need God's help, that was Tosfos's criticism of the Jewish people. You're not there. You need to have the boundaries. You need to daven for help. You need to do everything you can not to be put in the position where the only thing standing between you and oblivion is your self-control because that is not a faithful ally. Rashi is saying something else. People misunderstand their relationship with God. People think, I get from God what I deserve. I can't ask God for things that I don't deserve. We don't deserve anything. Right, the, between the sins that we do, and you know, my 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 boss was complaining to me that his wife works in Discount Bank, and in Discount Bank, he says that all the employees of the hierarchy they treat the CEO like God, and he was complaining to me, you don't treat me like God. Say so he's making a joke, you know, because because we know we have a more informal relationship. I said to him, what are you talking about? Of course we treat you like God. We complain to you about everything. We demand from you, you know, everything. everything. When you don't give us what we want, no matter how undeserving we are, we are resentful of you, and we ask, why does he do bad things to us good people? And the biggest thing is, everything you tell me to do, if I even do half of the things you tell me to do, and those things that I do, I do 50% right, I feel like you, I feel like I deserve a raise. I said, I treat you exactly like God. 
God wants to be treated like the CEO. What the response God wants to be treated like the CEO of Discount Bank. I'm sure he does. But we we treat. He was laughing. He was like, "You're right. You're right." I, I never thought about it that way. I forgot what the Jewish idea of God is, right? Um, but yeah, I told them we treat you like God, right? So there, there's a certain misconception. Hashem wants to give us good things. He wants us to have a relationship. He wants to be machzik tov, but we have to ask for it. And that's what Rashi is criticizing, uh, that the Jews did not have the proper concept of the of the relationship. Okay. So the Gemara continues. Gemara tries to prove how we know that the Jews were kafei taif. Kafei taif dechsev v'nafshenu katsa. We're turning the page on top of the next page. V'nafshenu katsa b'lechem akelekel. It criticizes the Jews for complaining about them exactly. B'nei kafei taiva. What does it mean that they are children of kafei taif dechsev? Ha'isha asher nasata imadi. We're talking, referring to Adam who's complaining about getting chava after he ate from the eight sadas. He So those are the two kafei types. The Gemara continues. Wait a minute, but Af Moshe lo But even Moshe never told the Jews they could have asked for this until after forty years. That Moshe was that person is not able to understand the depth of his rabbi's teachings until 40 years from now. So in 40 years, Avram, in 40 years from now, you're going to have an epiphany. You're going to say, that's what Shlomo Agashim was talking about 40 years ago. No, I'm kidding. But but, but, uh, but the idea is is that is that Moshe was not able to understand. So Taisvis questions, Taisvis asks, wait a minute. If Moshe was not able to understand for 40 years, why is he criticizing the Jews? For not having asked for it earlier. So what Tysus answers, he has two answers. One is that they're being criticized because um, the Jews needed this. They wanted this. So they should have figured out they could have asked it earlier. Moshe, who didn't need it, only would have understood it once he came to the depth of of, of his of his of of, of, um, of Hashem's teachings. The other answer is that they should have asked for it after the 40 years, which they didn't do. Fine. So the Gemara continues. The Gemara lets, lets us move on so we can finish up. And then next week start with Karbanos of non-Jews. Amar, so Amar, Amar, Rabbi Yochanan, Meshom, Rabbi Benah, B'may Dechsev, Ashreichem, Zarei, Akalmayim, Meshach, Erechem, Regal, Ashar, Vachamar. Praised are those who plant on all the water. They are they send out the legs of the Shar and the Chamar. Ashreichem, Yisrael, Bezmancha, Aizkim, Mater, Gebelz, Chasadim. When the Jews are busy with Torah, Gebelz, Chasadim, Yitzra, Masr, Biyadam. They become masters of themselves and of their Yitzhahara. And they are not controlled by their desires. Planting is referring to Planting is Staka and harvesting is Chasad. If we have time, we'll dig into this Pasuk. One second, Avram. Vein Mayam El Torah and the water is referring to Torah. Shandam Arhave Tsumulukulamayam, Meshake Regal Asharva Khamar, Tana de Baalio was taught Loilam Yasim Adam Atma de Vitara, a person should place themselves uh, and work on the on Torah, Kishar Laal like a ox under its yoke, the Khamar Lemasai, like a donkey under its burden. Abai said we finished until the two dots. 
Starting next week, we are done with Agartha Gemara. We will continue with uh, the itching discussion about the sacrifices of animals. Thank you very much, everyone.